0: Yes, it's true, we're back, staggering out of the endless waste of mid-world, back to you with season two of The Dark Multiverse of Stephen King. This week, Secret Garden, Secret Window, or vice versa, the novella from Four Past Midnight, and the nearly forgotten movie starring Johnny Depp, John Turturro, and so much more. So let me shake the sand out of my boots and we'll get right to it. Damn, that's messy. Jeez.
1: Cheers, Brad.
0: uh, (laughs) Not the greatest clink as I'm doing tea today. Exactly. My little raw throat. Mm. Old man with a raw
1: throat today. Decided (laughs) to make Brad some... (laughs) A spot of tea, some minty herbal tea. (laughs) Yeah, well,
0: well, and here we uh, are—the first episode of season two of the Dark Multiverse Stephen King, Mm -hmm. where we sit and talk about one of the Stephen King books or Mm -hmm. stories, and whatever video or movie or whatever version of it that's counterpart, Mm -hmm. and whether how they compare. Which one was better, worse, the same, whatever. Right,
1: how about and
0: it. Learn something new in the process, usually about <laughs> ourselves.
1: He's usually about ourselves and how much of an ass-kicking Brad can get. That's true, how much I'll get beat up by a cat. you Cat Bentley, shike. <laughs> yes, I am, and you are Brad Munson. Yeah, Brad Munson Munson. I
0: only have one Brad Munson Munson. i was gonna hyphenate it though. You should. Brad Munson Munson, that would be good. be good. And I wanna do this up front, we're gonna do it at the back end too. We have an account on Instagram, Mm -hmm. at dark multipod we have one on twitter at dark multipod where we talk about stuff we also announce there and sometimes here what we're going to be talking about next week so if Mm -hmm. you want to get up to speed before we show up for that sort of thing we're also going to be doing more interesting things like polls and giveaways and other announcements of crap and we should mention we are now doing a mini episode Every Friday These yes. come out every Monday And a new mini-show That's just about Stephen King News and developments mm-hmm. And cool stuff uh, We did one last week Announcing our return Where we talked a bit About the IT uh, Chapter 2 yeah. uh, Thing And we'll have another mm-hmm. one Up this Friday About all sorts of Other interesting crap That's going on But all that being said We are talking
1: about Secret window, secret garden. Or secret garden, secret window, secret garden, <laughs> secret window. It's just a lot of secrets going on. A
0: lot of secrets going mm-hmm. on. This was a novella originally.
1: It was four past midnight.
0: It was four past midnight. Mm-hmm. And of course I knew that. Yeah. And uh, <laughs>
1: But weirdly enough,
0: as we've seen some of the better movies that King's yes. had made have come from his novellas, not his novels. Agreed. <laughs> uh, just new, new pronunciation. I like that. The French pronunciation. Yes. Nouvelle, <laughs> it's the Brad Munson Munson way. This is an w- interesting movie in that it's virtually forgotten.
1: Yes, and I'm surprised by that because I, it's just, it's really good. It is. It's It's, good. Uh, it's
0: surprisingly good. Yeah, I mean,
1: it's... Brad wanted to, he went into it wanting to hate it. Well, because I really it.
0: think Johnny Depp is a psycho and shouldn't be allowed to make movies <laughs> better than that. I <laughs> think it's cool. he was
1: perfectly cast, in my opinion, as this. So he plays Mort Rainey, a writer, of course, who suddenly one day has this creepy man show up at his cabin door Mort and his wife Amy are getting a divorce, and so he's staying at the lake cabin, and his wife is at the house in Maine, but yeah. where?
0: it's not in Castle. It's not part it's of not, the Castle yeah. Rock
1: series. It is in the book. It says something like.
0: There are there are a couple of mentions in the book. Yeah, in the, the movie. I wasn't sure if that's exactly. The where movie it was. shifted slightly, so there's no indication that it's part of the. Lake Tashmore is know, the, the only name. thing that remains the same in yeah. both the book and the movie. I think it's a real place. In the isn't movie. It?
1: Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. No I bet. don't even think Maine's <laughs> real. I think it's all made up. I don't think so either. Yeah, it's just drawn sure. a little spot on the map. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this man shows up trying to, and his name is Shooter, John Shooter, and he shows up accusing Mort of stealing a story. Not plagiarizing, but straight up stealing his story. And he threatens him. And if he doesn't prove to Shooter that he has an original story that was written before Shooter's story, he is going to burn his life and everything in it like a cane field in the high wind.
0: There you go, which he proceeds to do mm-hmm. because for a variety of reasons, Mort has a real tough time proving that he wrote the story first. Right. And we're not talking about stories that are vaguely similar. They are almost word for word exactly. the same mm-hmm.
1: throughout. And it's interesting, too, because um, I believe at the beginning of the story, which is sewing season, according to John Tudor and uh, Secret window or secret garden one of the two it's just the one <laughs> in Mort's story the beginning is better shooters beginning is stronger it's more it's more well, well written the first few lines which i found was interesting mort's is not that well written in the beginning but the last line in mort's story is actually better written than shooter so considering the way the stories end both the story of secret window secret garden and the one that they're fighting about it's very interesting how the beginnings start certain ways for certain people and end certain ways for the other person. And, yeah, so...
0: Well, and I guess in this case, we should probably line out the whole plot, including the ending, because yeah. this is one of the movies where there is... And we it do It actually spoilers. sticks pretty... Yeah, was, <laughs> our spoiler alert thing, which yes. we used to do all the time, is... If you haven't read the book and seen the movie and or seen the movie beforehand, if you care about that stuff, go do that mm-hmm. before you listen because we make no distinctions right. here. This is a spoiler-if, spoilerific zone. Mm-hmm. All spoilers all the time. Yeah. Uh, but in this case, it's particularly important because the endings diverge yes. like they did in Cujo, another mm-hmm. example Very where, different. Mm-hmm. where the book and movie have polar opposite endings. Yeah, uh, and so I like the ending of the movie much the, better the, the, so, in this case. Uh, Mort becomes more and more plagued by this guy shooter who does more and more awful crap to him,
1: Mm -hmm. like killing his pet, which is a cat in the book and a dog dog in in the movie. Who knows why? I just thought that was kind of funny. Well, maybe that has to do with the kind of like flip through the mirror thing that you know. So maybe the beginning of the movie, it pans across the lake and into the house uh, on the lake that Mort's staying at. And it goes in through the mirror, and then it never comes back out. So it's basically you're seeing that until the very end, when the reveal is, and then it pulls back out through the mirror, and you're seeing reality again.
0: In fact, there are a lot of continuity errors in this movie, and it's a well-made film. I mean, mm-hmm. you've got a lot of you got Maria Bello, who's a wonderful actress. Oh gosh, yeah, she's Tess uh, you got, in yeah, Big Driver. obviously, yeah, right. She's been it was, this was her first of two King movies. You've got uh, Johnny Depp, obviously. Mm-hmm. You have Tim Hutton who uh, has done amazing work, everything from Ordinary People, when he was barely out of his teens, all the way up to being in The Haunting of Hill House. Right. the older Mm -hmm. older version in there. And he managed to do two Stephen King movies, completely different roles that are very similar. Mm -hmm. We should probably say now that as a companion piece to this, next week we're going to be doing...
1: The Dark Half. Yes,
0: which is the other story that starts from the same place, mm-hmm. of a writer whose other half who's, who yes. has a second deal who who seems to have written or maybe have written this. This version has absolutely no real supernatural element. Right. This is a psychological thriller. It uh, is. It very much Throughout, is. in both versions, where Dark Half has an absolutely supernatural take on the yeah. same thing. King, in fact, wrote in the preface to this story, to Secret Window, mm-hmm. in, in the compilation, that he talks about Dark Half, and he says this basically is the same premise. It started from yeah. the same place, but these are two entirely different takes, takes on it. the same mm-hmm. idea. It's and they are good. entirely different. Yes. There's very little other than the theme that every writer has a separate personality in him. Right. That is the one that's the writer. There's the human, and then there's the writer. Mm-hmm. And Is it good or bad? Uh, is it under control or not? that control entirely, of the issue, right. Yeah, an open question. <laughs> but in this case, Shooter becomes more and more abusive, kills his pet, and then ultimately, is writing
1: him notes saying, you know, you have three days to get me a copy of this, which happens to be at his real house where Amy is living. Oh, the reason why Mort and Amy, this is something that's very important. The reason why Mort and Amy break up is because Mort catches Amy having an affair, literally walks into the motel that person, she's staying at. And she's sleeping with in the movie, Timothy Hutton's character, yeah. which is Ted and that basically starts the crack of the insanity that brings out this plagiarism idea and the guilt that goes along with something that Mort did way back in the day in the book, though. So yeah. we're going to do the movie yeah, first? Well, the, I think the general premise uh, okay. of
0: both is that this you know it gets worse and worse. Shooter right. does more and more stuff. He demands to see this story, which was originally published in an old issue of Ellery Queen Mystery Magazine, mm-hmm. which actually exists. It's a real-life yeah. publication. But he tries to acquire a copy of that to prove it, and he has more, greater... And it, his
1: house gets burned down. Yeah, it's,
0: mysteriously yes. enough, uh, arson, and it may have been Shooter himself. Mort thinks he did it because he knew that the proof that it wasn't that's a story the house, was there. Right? That's why he destroyed it. Ultimately, the strange wife shows up at the house where Mort is staying as things are getting worse and worse
1: yes and she in the book she wants to just check up on him because she's been very worried about him in the movie she's worried about him but she really wants him to finalize the divorce paper so in the book they're already divorced and they're working you know Mort does not want to sign the divorce papers in the movie which I think was really brilliant uh, way to do that it saves a lot of time
0: so, what we find out it becomes very clear about two thirds of the way through both versions is that Shooter doesn't really exist. That Shooter is, in fact, a figment of Mort's imagination. Mm-hmm. And as you say, he's manifested by his lifelong guilt about having stolen a story, not this story, not, not the, the Secret story. Window story, but a story early on in his career. And maybe it was the cheating, the divorce, maybe it's just been building up, whatever. It breaks him. Right. And he sees him as a separate character who's now bringing all that back to bear. And Not only does he set fire to the house, that Mm -hmm. is Mort with Shooter's personality, but he also kills his agent and uh, investigator, a guy in town. A security guy. Yeah, a
1: security guy in town. In the book, they did the agent and the groundskeeper. Right. In the movie, they do it as a security guard and a neighbor. And a neighbor. It yeah. keeps it clearer.
0: To that degree, the changes that are made to the story in the movie make it a little clearer to yes. tell as a movie. I don't have any problem with that. We get to the end, and the wife shows up at the house, which we've seen throughout as a beautifully appointed, nice little rural cabin. It's right. really nice. We get there, and we see it Thrashed. for real. Yeah, it's a
1: terrible mess. There's trash everywhere. heavy eaten food, broken furniture. And the cool thing is in the book she's like, "Oh my god, Mort, what's happening?" and she walks upstairs and it's a shooter 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 S H O O T E R and then finally when the door swings closed it says shoot her. her. In the movie He's wearing the hat that Shooter wears constantly, and he's talking in the Mississippi drawl that the character Shooter has. Yeah, he's fully, he's yeah, he's fully overtaken. Yeah, he's completely, yeah. And, like, and in fact, no Shooter says here. that more it's done, more, more it's it's dead. dead. He took the coward's way out, meaning that, because she was worried that he had committed suicide. And shooters implying that Mort is absolutely dead. He took the coward's way out. He committed suicide, and and now, and now he's here, here yeah. because basically Mort can't kill his own wife because he doesn't have a killer bone in his body. He didn't harm them. He might have threatened them in the hotel when he found them or the motel room when he found them engaging in sexual congress. But um, <laughs> nicely said. Thank you. Um, and so he screamed at them, but he doesn't have it in him to kill them. That's part of the other reason why he creates and keeps the shooter persona. In the book, Amy gets a screwdriver through the, you know, um, calf, but she escapes, and as Shooter is getting close to killing her and, and, and walking up on her. And finds her or, out
0: and finds her. And yeah. Yes,
1: the insurance agent, who has a big role in the book, who had been very quiet about investigating the arson and all that kind of thing, he was there, and for some reason he said, I brought a gun, I've never shot a man before, but he said he saw Mort doing that, and he had been worried that there was something wrong with Mort. He shoots Mort, and after he gets shot, Mort looks at Amy, and for the first time in his normal voice says, Babe, and then falls over, and she's on top of him crying and everything like that. In the book, I like it much better because... She gets fucking murdered. (laughs) Yeah, she gets murdered. Yeah, she She gets completely opposite is that
0: shooter kills her. And the insurance
1: agent? Uh, No, and Ted. And Ted. Okay, so... So Shooter kills the two people that are trying to supposedly help Mort figure out how to get rid of Shooter. But then at the very end, when the wife, Amy, when she comes to see him and she's, oh, my gosh, you know, it, you know, Mort's not here. It's just me. It's always been me, Mrs. She starts to escape but he does end up pulling her out of the car, stabbing her in the um, calf with a screwdriver that was also used to kill their pet. And, and one of the guys in the car. And one of the security guy and the yeah. groundskeeper too. Yeah. Are the guys, put, yeah. Put mm-hmm. the
0: screwdriver to his ear. Yeah, yeah. That,
1: one of the guys in the car. That's right. He had right. the screwdriver in his ear. They did a good job in the movie of not making it gory and graphic when they pulls it out and tries to get rid of the evidence. Yeah, it's and all it's, of it's that.
0: a strangely uh, mm-hmm. soft focus, not bad in a bad way, but I mean, it, it's not a very noises, graphic you movie, even it. though you've got a guy who actually kills people with a screwdriver, right? And and other, and, and kills a pet and yeah. does all these awful things, but yeah, it's the not cool, it's not a real explicitly gory no. movie.
1: And so the, the fun part about the movie, and I remember seeing it in the theater because people cheered when this happened. Um, at this point, Timothy Hutton, who's a scumball in Ted, and just like real sarcastic and tries to push Mort around and this and that. He shows up while Amy is in the back trying to scramble away and Mort, well excuse me, now taken over by Shooter. Shooter grabs a shovel and waits, and Amy's like, Ted, no! And he walks out, Timothy Hutton walks out, and you hate this guy so much that this cheer went up in the theater when he swings the shovel and smashes Just Ted right clocks in the face. It and good, yeah. And then he ends up using the shovel to basically decapitate him is the implication, by the way, mm-hmm. the angle is. Yep. And then he goes after Amy, and that's it. And so it ends in the movie after he kills them, that he buries them under his corn and he says, and this is repeated several times in the book, after a time her death will remain a mystery even to me. And he shows up in town, he's got braces on, he can actually talk to women and look them in the eye when before in the movie, he's so uncomfortable. Every time a woman coughs or laughs or something, he just flinches, which is where Johnny Depp is so brilliant. And we'll get back to that. but. He's got braces on, he's trying to talk to everybody, and everybody's like, we know what you did, we can't prove it, and he's like, all that matters in the story is the ending. The ending in this one is perfect. Basically, it shows the corn, and then you the camera continues down past the roots, and you see two decomposing bodies, and the implication in the movie is that he never gets caught, which is fantastic, gets away with it. it's yeah. so much fun.
0: Which, and it's really interesting, because you would expect, like, let's go Cujo again, where It's the reverse, that at the end of Cujo, the little boy who's been trapped in this car dies. Right. And the filmmaker, I think, actually quite rightly, Mm. knew if you did that at the end of a movie, you'd have people throwing crap at the screen. Exactly, So (laughs) the kid lives at the end. And I understood why. They do exactly the opposite in this, Mm -hmm. where in the story, this insurance agent who's been suspicious since the house fire Mm -hmm. has been following this whole story, comes to the house and... Rescues right. the wife at the last second and kills uh, Mort mm-hmm. or shooter, yeah in Mort's body at the last instant. So she is saved. It's a much not to say happy ending, but it, right. the bad guy dies, the good guy lives. In the movie, David Kep, the <laughs> director and screenwriter both went all the way through and and the last few scenes where he has a talk with a couple of folks. He's now essentially shooter pretending to be more.
1: You can tell because it's that forced smile and it's this, he doesn't know how to act as a, as a normal person. I guess. Yeah, and we're so not even no sure he'll ever draw, write yeah. again. It doesn't or really Or do you think that, matter. or do you think that maybe he was kind of quote unquote asleep while shooter was taking over his body and then once amy and ted are dead that mort comes back into himself and no like, i think done. i think i think shooter okay. strangely told the truth i okay. think
0: that mort took the coward's way out and killed that part of his persona okay gotcha. and the shooter now runs the body because he was still a writer right i mean that yeah. was the whole thing he wrote the secret window story and whether it was Showing better season. or worse mm-hmm. or whatever so that now he's going to be mort from now on right. he's a different guy different with women different yes. look Different everything he's cleaned the join up, he's he's taken control. Right. And, and Johnny meanwhile Depp and all it does, took was the death of half a dozen people
1: again. Right, exactly. And <laughs> but the thing is though that I love is that Johnny Depp was so perfectly cast in this because the way he jumps when women are around or when Amy takes her shawl and takes it off of her shoulder and then is chilly and pulls her shawl back up because she knows his Mort is kind of looking, you know. Um, he's so uncomfortable around women. Amy just fucked him over and just threw him for a loop and he just doesn't know how to be anymore. Yeah. Character Mort is actually very funny in the book. And so that's another reason why I think that Johnny Depp was perfectly done because he's able to pull up that comedic timing and also... He's talking to himself throughout the entire beginning of the movie all through it. So when he does go crazy, it's not that you didn't see it coming, but it's kind of like, oh, shit. Same in the way when he has a flashback of Amy, she's wearing a robe and that's the torn up, ratty, faded robe that more is in the entire movie whenever he's at home. So it's just one of those things where Johnny Depp did such a good job of kind of building up without being too super obvious. Whereas the book, when it's written, it starts out with more seeming very sane, and then you start noticing one sentence here and there that's a little off, and then it slowly starts to build momentum, and the snowball just goes right into hell, so it's good.
0: Yeah, the movie was uh, adapted and directed by David Kep, K-O-E-P-P, I think it's Kep, who's like royalty when it comes to screenwriting, this is mm. a guy that wrote Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. Oh, he wrote, oh, oh. Um, he wrote uh, <laughs> Stir of Echoes, which is one of my favorite. Based on, on a Richard mm. Matheson story, he's done most of of uh, Tom Cruise did the original Mission Impossible for Tom Cruise. He, oh, okay. uh, he's done a bunch I of the Cruise that. movies. He's a really well respected both director and writer, mm-hmm. and has been and continues to be to this day. So, and clearly, you've got nothing but professionals working this movie. Everybody in this, right? Uh, John a- Turturro. Uh, which Jim he Hutton. plays, we'll talk about it. But yeah. I mean, he's, so his adaptation is yeah. absolutely solid, mm-hmm. which is, again, puzzling why when people talk about the King adaptations, the good ones versus the bad ones, this doesn't even appear on the list most of the time. This right. is like after, now, Aft Pupil, I think, falls off because Brian Singer is a child molesting son yeah. of a bitch. And I think we all want to kind of forget that movie. Why this one has fallen into... You know, the forgot me box. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't I don't know. Because, I mean, it's got depth in it. It's yeah. got a lot of good performances. It really does. I have some problems with the movie. We'll talk about them. But I can't, you can't fault the quality of the production itself or the actors that are in it. Or Kepp's adaptation. It's pretty mm-hmm. solid work. So yeah. I'm, well, we should mention that the casting is damn near brilliant. It uh, really is. Now, I don't like Johnny Depp. I had a problem here, the same problem I had with Jack Nicholson in The Shining. Right. Which is... We know him to be such a kind of certain way He's character. a collection of twitches and uh, <laughs> um, you know eccentricities in his real life and in most of his movies. If you go back to a couple of debt movies where he tries to play a regular guy, they are utter failures because right. he can't play a regular guy. We were talking before we started the show about Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. Nicolas Cage is obviously yes. insane, but... <laughs> There are movies he made where, you know, he did romantic comedies where he's yeah. completely convincing as a romantic lead. I agree. Lead. He can play normal. He can also play batshit crazy. And he does and, a good job at both. And you, whether he's playing Mandy or whether it's you could, it can could <laughs> happen to you, you buy him. Right. Depp can't. Depp can only do eccentric or batshit crazy. Yeah, you he's very good at them, yeah. Normal. So when you're looking at the original story, the original novella, you're mm-hmm. right. Mort seems like a perfectly sane guy. right? And then gradually you begin to say, hey, wait a minute. And about Mm -hmm. the time he has to try to explain why he couldn't possibly have burned down that house, you're going,
1: wait a "Eh, minute. "Eh." So when the reveal
0: comes that there is no shooter, it's like, ah, I saw that coming. Right. But it builds. Mm -hmm. In the movie, partly because it's Depp. Yeah. From scene one, when he (laughs) wakes up. kept it a really nice prelude scene Mm -hmm. where he... Bursts in on the two of uh, yes. on his wife uh, having the affair in the hotel in the snow, and it's a beautifully shot scene. It really is, especially with the, the camera work, the where
1: uh, the car's moving and you're just yeah. watching depth, and it stops. And one windshield wiper blade, they did an edit, and he backs away from the camera and then goes yeah, it to was, the parking. Spot it was really beautifully done, and
0: and it's cinematically it's much stronger because mm-hmm. the story just begins with the knock on the door, and shooter right. there, and yes. it doesn't make much sense. Also. Kep took a really big chance in casting John Turturro as Shooter.
1: Oh my gosh, And but he does such a good job. I mean, it's amazing. He's
0: amazing, but John Turturro is the living embodiment of the New York Jew. Right. I mean, that's just what he looks like—the big right. nose, the wiry black hair. He does I like him in *Mr. Deeds*. I I think <laughs> he's a great actor, but again, he is a certain type and he usually plays to type. Whether he's in a Cohen movie or whether he's yeah. doing *Mr. Deeds*, but here he's playing this incredibly dangerous down-home Mississippi
1: hick. Yeah. And
0: it's amazing and how well he does. And
1: he he does such a good job at being menacing. Yeah. And you know, it's, you're, you're it's almost a sorry movie.
0: when. Depp takes over the role when, yeah. when Totoro, as, as an actor, disappears from it. because Because right.
1: he was so good. He really was. Really
0: strong. I mean, I would have loved to have been in the producer's meeting where Kev came <laughs> in and said, okay, i got the perfect guy to play shooter. John Totoro. Yeah. And everybody's
1: <laughs> mouth hits the ground like, what? But then, yeah. No, I bet. I can
0: have 90 other guys. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, and, of course, he looks nothing like Depp, which is another yes. anti-clue. So you know, it's not like they're... They're Even, building up, yeah, yeah and
1: yeah. and you don't really know more, you know, because he talks to himself so much throughout the movie. But that's what makes him so f- one proves that more is funny, you know. Uh, in the book, it says like at one point, more cartoonly tiptoes when he's looking mm. for shooter in his house because he's convinced that he's in there. He cartoonly tiptoes to the kitchen, and I just laughed out loud. King, as always, is funny at the scariest moments, he becomes funny. Yeah. And then, you know, Johnny Depp does things like, you know, when Mrs. Garvey, the housekeeper comes up and he's trying to hide that he's sneaking a smoke because he doesn't smoke, but he found some old ones and he was like, I'm totally going to smoke the fuck out of this pack and then go buy another one. And Mrs. Garvey comes up the stairs and she's like, you know, some women don't know that they have a good thing in their man. They don't know that they have the whole world. And he's just holding the smoke in his, you know, and he's just trying to get her to leave. And he's like, she goes, so you're a good man, Mr. Rainey. And he says, yes, you too, Mrs. Garvey. And I'm like, I just, Completely. it's funny. Just you're a good man too, Mrs. Garvey. You know, it's yeah, just, it's like, very it's funny. Just, and he's just trying to get her, get the hell out of there. <laughs> get so out of he there so you can be alone. You belong, mm-hmm. alone and can have a smoke
0: and, and right. all that. And again, that scene is almost word for word from the book and very, very nicely. Right. Done. So... David Kep knows when to stick to the original Mm -hmm. material and when he wants to change it. I would love to ask him why he changed the ending. Usually when we see an ending in King's stuff changing, Mm -hmm. it's for a good reason like Cujo, or it's because he wrote a bad ending, as he did in many other things, Stand and and of Letters. You know why. They're trying to repair a flaw in King's work. But here, Mm -hmm. his... You know, rescue by the it was well set up. The insurance agent doesn't show up out of nowhere. It's a well set up rescue, and I do like the he gets away with an ending. I just wonder what compelled him to change that. His one major deviation in the whole story is I, that. I think the, the that that cool changing the dog to a cat. I don't get that.
1: <laughs> that. Maybe because more people uh, usually are, consider themselves dog people than cat people. Maybe, yeah. Maybe we felt that people would be yeah more, more, sympathetic. more people would be more sympathetic because mm-hmm. who cares about a dead cat? I think all. so. Yeah, <laughs> most people I know. People are like, I'm a dog person. Are. I'm like. I'm just an animal person. The husband says the same thing. He's like, I'm an animal person. I just love animals, you know? Oh, I
0: I think if we lost half the cats in the world, that'd be perfectly okay with me.
1: Oh, you... You fucking bastard I don't want them no, wiped I don't out don't completely mind. I'm like, I love my cat. I
0: know, oh. and would you love your dog too? I love, you love my all dog too oh, do. You like oh,
1: birds, for God's sake I do, I have a bird in a nest outside my bedroom window Horrible <laughs> creatures You like spiders and bats Oh, actually, I like bats I, I like spiders only when they're on their web If they're in my house, I'm screaming And asking the husband to run in and take care of it And take them outside yeah, or just, whatever I can't stand it. them in my house If they're on a web great, you mind your business, I'll mind mine. You, even, okay? you were
0: even sad when we killed that rat. I was. Which is a story we will tell another one day. Another time, you know, Yeah, soon, but... but, but I, no. Yeah, and I get I, sad like when my cats catch a ju-
1: uh, June bug and start eating them. I'm like, no, let the June bug go. Find another one to play with. <laughs> oh, let's see. That's right. <laughs> or anyway. lizards, yeah.
0: But the, I do, I just wonder what what reasoning had for changing a perfectly good ending to another well, perfectly you know, good I, ending.
1: I, what I'm thinking is this, and this is what we haven't touched on. So in the ending of the book... Amy goes to this insurance guy weeks after, you know, the mm-hmm. whatever you call it, when when you have to just tell what happened to the police or the courts of, you know, yeah. how this person ended up dead. She goes there and she tells him the whole story and Ted's with her being, you know, an officious. Being prick. An asshole, yeah. And yeah. And so at the end, she says, I was cleaning out the things in the cabin and I came across the, the hat shooter's hat, you know, that Moore was wearing. And she said, and I took it and I didn't want to touch it, so I took it by the edges of the hat and I took it out to the dumpster and when I threw it in, it was right side up. She said, but when I went to go get the next thing of garbage later, about 20 minutes, 15 minutes later, I took everything down into the dumpster. The hat was upside down and in the, the brim was a note tucked. And she said, now I saw when I picked the hat up, it was upside down. I put it right side up because I just didn't want to think of the sweat of this person or whatever there's a note in there that she says I swear was not there when I handled the hat earlier and it says and so I think this would have been hard to do or make convincing or interesting in a movie the note says missus I'm sorry for all the trouble things got out of hand I'm going back to my home now I got my story which is all I came for in the first place it's called crowfoot mile and it is a crackerjack yours truly John Shooter and it's written by hand now Crowford Mile, let's just say, they spend a lot of time, which I understand Mm. when we watched the movie, why you were like, oh, I don't think he's motivated by this or that. And the only thing you said was his guilt. I got that completely with the written story. He feels so bad because he couldn't get published. There was this kid that was, he would have been number one in the writing class if this kid who barely could speak out loud Mm. was this brilliant writer. He was being a you know teacher's assistant or whatever, and like uh, threw out all the stories at the end of the semester, except for this one, and thought, well, this one magazine keeps telling me no, keeps telling me no. Let me send it in. This and you know if they do accept it, I'm not going to accept it. You know whatever. I just want to see if they're just making fun of me. That's where you yeah, can kind of see his crazy. They accept it. They accept that story and publish it under Mort's name, and he lets it go for a year. He thinks somebody's going to notice. No one ever does. Mort talks to himself especially in the book, though, about a stolen story and a stolen wife. Mm. So he not only feels guilt about stealing the story, but he feels this way that only a shooter can take out on Amy for being a stolen wife, that she allowed herself to be stolen by Ted. And he says it's like a bizarre literary joke. The line is, a woman who would steal your love when your love was all you had wasn't much of a woman. So he decided to kill her and bury her in the garden. Which is the opening line is, of Sugar Yes, yeah. which is the opening line of the book that Mort writes, exactly.
0: Right, right. Not the opening line of uh, Crowfoot Mile, which right. we never, we, we don't never have any idea what that story's is, about. Right? We just mm-hmm. know that that is the story he really stole. Yeah. And, I've, I've, right, stealing is the thing. Uh, yeah, that, thievery. That, yeah, that whether he was, he was doing the stealing or being stolen from. And it obviously cracked him. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I think the novella on rereading is a lot got a lot more going on than yeah. than the kind of easy Saturday matinee turn of events oh it's actually just his crazy side right. story It's there's more going on and yeah. good stuff going on I like the novella a lot I like the novella too and I like the movie well enough my biggest problem was Depp I just didn't, and then
1: once you got over that and you surrendered to it you really enjoyed I, it yourself I, I appreciate you the, the movie it's never going to be one of my favorites because of right.
0: that but I do appreciate that the movie and again I'm, I have no idea why it didn't, it hasn't, isn't remembered I don't know more either. fondly. It's, it's crazy. forgotten. I,
1: I didn't think that Shooter writing the note and, you know, having more Johnny Depp be dead and, you know, Ted, played by Timothy Hutton, didn't get his comeuppance, if you will. Uh-huh. I don't think that any of that really would have worked in the movie. I think it would have been an unsatisfying King ending in a movie.
0: That's, that's a valid point. Maybe, maybe Cap just felt that it wasn't going to.
1: Live up to a good movie ending, right? Even though it worked okay in, in the story, it's but. better to have people cheering about Timothy Hutton getting killed and <laughs> yeah, yeah. and Mort. You know, I, I liked your perspective about that. Mort is actually not really Mort; it's still Shooter now, and mm-hmm. that that's why he acts so weird and over smiley and everything. That's yeah. like interesting.
0: Yeah. The other alternative would be he was just happy. You know, he was celebrating privately, celebrating and it got away with it. Would, right, but, and I think which is more how to i had it taken it, but I think you're his right. awkwardness or his, his change in personality—not just in being gleeful about getting it, yeah—and
1: um, and not caring how the townspeople thought of him and whatnot. So, right, right. so a couple of things. I liked that in the movie they have Tom Greenleaf, which is the caretaker, who is the one person who supposedly saw. Shooter because in the very beginning of the movie and at one point in the book Mort takes a walk out of the house and he runs into Shooter who's waiting for him and they have a conversation Tom Greenleaf drives by honks and waves and Morton and and, uh, Shooter wave back. In the movie when they're showing the flashback of how Mort killed the security officer and Tom Greenleaf the caretaker he's like well I didn't want you to tell him and he like you know thumbs over to the security guy who's a not a countryman, you know, Mm -hmm. he's a city folk. So, you know, I didn't want to air your dirty laundry. So I didn't want to say in front of him, but you were alone. Um, In the book, though, Tom Greenleaf's wife, you know, she'd finally died, but like the previous year, but she had had Alzheimer's. And so Tom was terrified of getting Alzheimer's. So in the book, when he's talking and you know they're trying to figure out what he saw that mm-hmm. made him seem scared which is what in the movie he said that the guy seems spooked i think shooter's been messing with him in the book they end up finding out that because he was driving past and he did wave to mort who was by himself but when he looked in the rear view mirror saw a second he saw shooter standing there and that car from mississippi the you know with the plates on it but it was like he could see through it so he felt like he'd seen a ghost and he was worried about his mental
0: yeah his own mental yes, health his mental nothing health. to do with being mm-hmm. a haunt
1: he just uh... right and so yeah he had that going on i kind of liked no, that right. in the but, book i said earlier the
0: this isn't as super a psychological thriller without supernatural elements mm-hmm. but like like some of the other things he's done that's there's always something at the edge, there. right? And at the so, end, when it's you know, shooter writes that
1: note. The note, yeah. You've got some kind of proof, and it's. I just find it interesting. Well, and it could
0: have been that you know that shooter wrote that note and put it in the hat and that she just didn't you know it flipped over in the wind i mean it could have been any number of things but it's right she on the swears edge. that she had seen it yeah. a half an hour before yeah. i
1: mean but then again we're talking about a woman who'd been through a lot of trauma and who hated that hat and
0: so again you could you could explain it away mm-hmm. but i'll just like you right. could explain away the the guy at greenland and his hallucination of the two people But on the
1: other hand i think that this this was an intro to the dark half which i'll get to in Mm -hmm. a minute but the last thing that i wanted to say is the thing i really enjoyed about the book is well I, i didn't like this initial part and then i did like the overall part so initially he shows mort and then mort and then Mort, and then the slowly descending into madness and then the snowball into hell but what i didn't like is that he did amy's point of view suddenly you know, hmm. there's a section where after Mort is dead, then it's Amy's point of view. I yeah. would have kind of preferred if that would have been weaved in a little bit, but the way that he did do that, I found was interesting. So instead of making Amy have her own little chapters or sections until the end, what he did do is what King is so good at is talking about the secret language of marriages. Right, and he always that's a recurring theme about yep. everything yep. since yep. he's Many been married and got Marriage of the boy. and some yeah. other things. Yes. Yes. And so, um, you know, when he found the hat and he put it on, he remembered thinking of himself that he looked like the man from the painting American Gothic, even Mm -hmm. though the guy didn't have a hat on. And when it shows Amy's point of view at the end of the book, she says the same thing. Oh, that hat always reminded me of that painting American Gothic, even though the guy wasn't wearing the hat. And she thought of that as Mort's thinking cap. And so it kind of hints that there may have been other times where Mort had worn it for, you know, and it was just like his little... You know, maybe Shooter was trying to make his entrance onto the scene a little bit earlier. I don't know. But then, you know, in the book, she also remarries fucking fast. It's three months from the time that Mort is dead. Shit like that. But then again, it goes back to the secret language of marriage where he talks about they know each other so well and this and that. And so then it's proved in little ways. So it doesn't make it as jarring, but it was just a little... A little disappointing for me. I always kind of hate that when it's you know one person's point of view and then that person's dead, so you take over the other point of view. Yeah,
0: and it it, it was a risky thing to do, and it the, paid off. That ninety percent of the story is right. story from one point of view. It's one thing if you as you said go back and forth. Yeah. But when you make flip entirely just for the epilogue, essentially, mm-hmm. it's risky. But
1: yeah, Kate in this pull case, it, off. it it did yeah. you know it did well I thought, and and I had to consider it for a little bit. But then I really enjoyed, at the end of the book, right before she reads Shooter's Note, which had not been there, in my opinion. So, (laughs) you know, and then Tom Greenleaf did see something that was described as Shooter. I like, and this kind of leads us into our next week's discussion of The Dark Half. She says, I think there was a John Shooter. I think he was Mort's greatest creation, a character so vivid that he actually did become real.
0: Yeah, I agree. That's exactly what dark half is about and that's why we're pairing them up together yeah an entirely different author with an entirely different take which is clearly supernatural from the outset right uh the interesting in that story is convincing Mm -hmm. pangborn of all people but a a, a person like a cop who doesn't believe in the supernatural that this isn't something else isn't just there's some no other explanation and that's actually kind of the centerpiece of of dark half more than it is about i'm excited i'm not done with it all story. the way and i haven't yeah. watched
1: the movie yet but I'm, i haven't watched the movie yet that's what we're going to do this week i so kind of wish i would we'll watch do. the movie first because uh and then i could put the characters to this guy that's the reader of the standing cujo i could have yeah, some faces to kind know. of put on my it. recollection and it's been many many
0: years is that it's not a very good movie right and we'll talk about this more but i was actually more impressed with the book than i expected to be yeah uh, no it's good and the same with this. These, I re, I remember this mm-hmm. story as fairly lightweight. One of his little, you know, That's cool an, ideas. It's a good. But gut no, punch. he's got a lot of stuff going on in here, and mm-hmm. it's got a couple of nice, uh, nice bits. And the way he handles the slow build and the final reveal, it's a good solid. Stephen King novella, as, yeah. as well as many of the other novellas that he's done.
1: It so. is. It really is. I liked it. I yeah. enjoyed the movie. I enjoyed the and book. And
0: it, it is worth digging out, spending the $2.99 mm-hmm. $2. mm-hmm. $2. $2. $2. yeah. $2. on, or if you're an HBO subscriber, watching the thing, it's one of those yeah. things Yeah, where- DVR it. That's what I did. A yeah. Few,
1: I did that like three months ago, because I knew that we were going to be doing this when we came back with season two at some point, and it just happened to come on HBO. The fact that it's still on HBO is awesome, so... Yeah, yeah, do <laughs> it. It's, it's well worth it. It's one of those little forgotten, forgotten things in there. That's what I miss doing. So Brad and I are, as usual, in bed. Um, it's my bed in my bedroom. And usually we have the movie going on in the ah, the in the background. Yeah. But because my back is to the TV and this, maybe we'll have to reposition or something. Because I was like, I just realized that it's a completely blank screen behind me.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's
1: cool. But not, but we, and yeah, we usually
0: do it. So next, <laughs> next week we'll be running the dark half yes. behind there. Does it have, it have it subtitles or is it like
1: um, stand? we getting up on, and there was no subtitles on the one copy, and I was like, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" Like, because I had to ride the remote no, and <laughs> not having I, it because it was from the '80s or I 90, leave, early uh, '90s. closed caption on all the time now. On yeah, everything. me too. I mean, not
0: just because I'm old. It, yeah, uh,
1: no, no, I do too. I like to make sure that when I hear something, I'm, you know, I'll glance down to make sure that I'm, I'll read it to make sure that I heard it correctly, so that I'm not constantly having to re- rewind or something. Yeah, so. I,
0: and I find it uh, if I'm watching uh, British movies mm-hmm. uh, when their accents right. can get in the way. But I also find it really annoying. I was watching something a couple of days ago where the... It was English. I don't know if it was dubbed or... I don't think it was... But the subtitle was clearly taken from an earlier version of the oh. screenplay. So the <laughs> it was different. It wasn't entirely wrong, right. but it was just different,
1: and it was hugely
0: distracting for the
1: closed captions to not exactly match what I was mm-hmm. hearing. Really, I don't yeah, know, but, yeah. The but, only time you can't use closed captions is when you're watching something comedy. Otherwise, you'll read the punchline before the comedian gets it. out. I also so. find uh, <laughs> like
0: I have it on when I'm watching like uh, competition cooking shows and stuff, oh. and they always half the time they'll say yes. Michael wins, even though he hasn't said it yet. Oh so I actually find myself Yeah, that like, would be upsetting.
1: Yeah, like you, not looking at the bottom of the do screen. You block the. the yeah, hold my hand. hand up. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to. You're reading it through your eyes like it's a yes. horror movie, but it's a cooking competition. I yeah, like that. Ridiculous. <laughs> uh,
0: well, this is, yeah, this is one of these nice things about doing this whole yeah. podcast is that we occasionally have these happy surprises. Things right. that There's been some disappointments where we remembered movies like Christine a lot better yeah. than they turned out to be. And others like this that have fallen off the map right. completely. And it's actually a decent, certainly mm-hmm. a, a decent Edition of the Stephen King over that goes all the way from Maximum Overdrive to mm-hmm. whatever you want to put at the top of your list. You would put <laughs> that Shining
1: thing. And I, would I put, love the Shining. Uh, yeah, bread. I know. I know. Oh. And you can still be wrong about it. Sometimes. I know. But well, we haven't done it yet, right? Uh, yeah. Well, no, we I did, mean, we did words. it, but we didn't uh, do the. We haven't done. the I, I didn't miniseries. Do the Re- yes, I didn't have to watch the Rebecca De Mornay. No, I'm going so to force I, you to do that. Sometime. Sometime. It, will sometime, that be a episode? Episode? Um No, that'll be a full on. Oh well, a full on fight. Six hours, we're going to have a Dude, lot to talk right. about. you're right, yeah. And I'm going to be Sorry. punching you the whole time. It's going to be awful, Forcing but you're going to hate it more than I do. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to yeah, hurt you so. more than it's going to hurt me. I, don't I. Know. I'll watch Rebecca DeMarney. I'm, I'm cool. I like watching her, but... Uh, and, and, and the, the guy from Wings. The guy from Wings, who is also
0: Stephen Weber, who also is the reader of It, oh, which, we're, which about yes, we're about to start Yes, we're about to start listening yeah. to that, too. So, yeah. So next week, dark half, the other <laughs> half of this, as we begin our yeah. homework on It. Our plan, uh, we should. Uh, it is mm-hmm. that we're going to cover chapter one, that movie particularly, mm-hmm. and having read the book the week before, right? Uh, the second part premieres, and mm-hmm. then we will be going to see it that weekend. Yes. Recording and then Me that with Monday, my claws
1: digging into Brad's shoulders and going, ah, when the scary stuff all The hits. whole time. And
0: I'm looking forward to it. Nothing I like better than a good shoulder wound. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, two or three days after it premieres, we'll be doing yes. part two of that. Eventually, we're going to go back and talk about the original miniseries mm-hmm. that was done for. Which it. we watched, yeah. Uh, or we will watch. We will it at watch. At some point. Yeah. But that kind We've of like. We've seen, the, but haven't
1: seen in a long time.
0: Yeah, like the Carrie extravaganza where there are 8 million different versions that yeah. we watch. And oh, my God. Like, a lot, a lot of work to do but anyway yeah we
1: gotta do Carrie again too so, yeah we yeah. gotta do mm-hmm. Carrie hopefully we'll
0: have a, they'll make that a big event maybe yeah. uh, maybe down towards uh, Halloween oh that'd is, be
1: lovely uh, yeah hopefully hope we get a chance but anyway this was
0: great it's great to be back yes it's good be it back is great doing to be this back again.
1: and thank you so much to my friend Brent from the Sofa King podcast for steering us in the right direction with, uh, you know, just fine tuning the equipment that we had, getting a couple extra bits and pieces to make things just go as smoothly as possible, so. And hope it sounds even better than it yeah, ever has. Yes, so thank everyone for your patience, and thank you very much to Brent. And uh, thanks for being here, and we yeah. will
0: see you on Friday for the mini, and next week for Yay. the Dark Half. Dark Half. Ah. <laughs> and that about covers it for Secret Garden, Secret Window. You can watch the David Kep slash Johnny Depp version of your very own self over on HBO through your cable provider or as an add on to Amazon Prime, or you can rent it for, I think, $299, $399. And of course, the collection of novellas, Four Past Midnight, is still in print and available everywhere fine paper products or ebooks are sold. Next week, we return to The Author as Other in a read and watch of The Dark Half, the King novel and Tim Hutton film. And between then, look for our first official mini-episode on Friday to catch you up on the endless stream of Stephen King news that we just can't help but talk about. As always, we want to thank the incredibly talented Chrysanthi Tan for the use of her beautiful music for our theme. You can learn more about her at chrysanthytan.com or support her in the way she deserves to be supported over at Patreon.com slash You basically cannot find a better musician, composer, violinist, performer, or artist. I dare you to try. And please, join in our ongoing babble over on Twitter, where we are, at Dark Multipod, or on Instagram, where we are also, at Dark Multipod, or drop us a note, good or bad, we can take it, at our website, which is, strangely enough, www.darkmultipod.com. We'll be waiting. Hey, thanks for coming back and joining us again. We'll be here again every Monday from now on, we promise, as Season 2 unfolds, continuing next week with The Dark Half. And until then, keep it weird.